Good morning. So good to see you all today. Good morning, children. Oh, come on, man. Give me a bit more energy. Good morning, children. Thank you. Thank you, one, for doing that. Um, so, for those of you who are visiting for the first time, welcome to our all-age service. Uh, my name is Julian Powell. Yes, Julian Powell. And I am the youth um, minister, youth pastor of this church. It's a great privilege to serve these um, young people. And I've been given um, the task today to um, give you the sermon, to share what's on God's heart um, for you and for us. Um, today's theme um, is about prayer. And um, I, I entitled it, Know Your Why in Prayer. Someone's playing with my mic. Don't play with my mic, son. I'm joking. Yeah, no, you're... Listen, I'm a type of person, right? I like to have fun while I talk. So if you're a bit dry, I'm so sorry. Like, this is not the talk for you. I'm being real. I'm being honest. God's giving me some joy. So if you're not joyful, then you're going to feel joy at the end of the service, all right? Just letting you know, all right? So I entitled this talk, Know Your Why in Prayer. Kids, so repeat after me. Say, Know Your Why in Prayer. All right, audience, know your why in prayer. All right, because just a bit about my background, I've grown up in church, and prayer has been something that has been implemented into me, into my Christianity. You know, parents, teachers always told me to pray. Even, even atheists, even people that don't believe, there's always that thing of, oh, yeah, you know, pray about it, you know. But, you know, you do things that are kind of like repetition all the time, all the time. Yeah, you know, I pray, I pray, I pray. Um, even coming to the Church of England, I was brought up in a Pentecostal church, you know, and growing up in a Pentecostal church, we have literally prayer is everything. I remember waking up um, every morning, and um, my mum and dad would have like prayer, like prayer in the morning, and literally it felt like a week of prayer in one room, because it was just so long. So I had three siblings, we would pray for like probably five, six minutes we'll pray for, and then my parents would pray for like 24 hours. And it just felt, it felt like punishment. It really felt like punishment. But there was something within that. Um, but then growing up in church even more, I was seeing that, you know, prayer would just be so involved in everything that we do and in school. And then even coming here, when I first came to um, the Church of England, it was, it was incredible for me because I looked upon the screen and there was a thing called prayer of confession. And what? Absent, absent, what? I don't know what it is. Absent, I don't know absolution that's right absolution and as i've become more used to this sometimes in um 
your Christian walk, we actually say it, but is there any emphasis or belief in what you say? We say the prayer and it's like, well, it was touching, was it touching me? And I thought, you know what, I'm just saying it. But there's no conviction in why I believe in this prayer. Now that became a danger to me and it was just one of those things for me that God highlighted to me. And I wanted to kind of just know and just say that within our Christian within our Christian walk and our Christian journey, there is that slogan of saying prayer is just what we do. That's just what we do. And I there's a great guy called Simon Sinek, and um, he's got this kind of great emphasis on um, what, how, and why. And I loved it when it says, act and think, communicate from the inside out. So I know what prayer is. I know how to do it. But the question I want to ask, why do we do it? Why do we pray? What is our motivation? And what do we believe? And one thing out of that is that I believe my why, and hopefully your why, will be we are called to be salt. Next slide, please. Yes, salt. Who loves salt? Just me. All right, cool. I know I'm going to live long anyway, so it's fine. Well, I love salt anyway, so salt is good. Kids, you love salt? It's too salty. What a plug. That's great. What I love about salt, like salt is good, but I'll get, back, I'll get into that later on. But there's a scripture that says, says, you, we, are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. And sometimes within my journey, I realize that when it comes to prayers, sometimes it's just like that salt. Sometimes we pray prayers and it's like, oh, it's not answered. We feel useless. We feel powerless. And we think, well, maybe prayer doesn't work. Because maybe in our lives, if we've reflected, we've prayed so many prayers and we've never seen some prayers come to pass. And some, some of us have seen prayers come to pass. But within that, sometimes you think that prayer, it's, it's no longer powerful. It's not, it's not really, it's not significant. But I want to challenge you. Because in Psalms 24, God reminds us that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. So if the earth is God's and we are the salt of the earth, I'm convinced that God has a plan and a purpose for us. Salt is something that is very significant. It has power. It has purpose. We are called to be the salt of this earth. Moving on to my next slide. Well, as you can see, um, I love food, as you can tell. I'm nice and slim, handsome, looking good. I don't care, I don't need no affirmation. Um, foods, you can see here, foods that are often high in salt. There's foods that are low in salt, and there's foods where some brands are high in salt. And you can, I can go off this list, and there's so much food that has salt in it. So you realize that salt has such a big emphasis. It may be small, but it's very, very significant. Um, so this part, um, because I'm a, a youth leader and I like to have fun in church, I'm going to do something a bit different. So I'm going to ask for a child, an adult, 
and a young person. Okay. All right. Anyway, wait. There's no adults. Okay, I'm not. I, yes. Okay. All right. All right, let me start with the, the, the teenagers first. Yes, Eno, come up. Give a round of applause, please. Eno. All right. Okay. Go on then, because you're making all the noise in the world. Give a round of applause for Seth. All right. And I need an adult. Okay, you had your hand up first. Okay. Make some noise, please. Come down. Alright, so what we're going to do, right, you've got a list of all these different foods here that contain salt, alright? So this is a bit of fun. What we're going to do is this. There was this um, preacher, this woman, um, being a youth worker, it's, it's incredible, that she was famous, right, because she said these lists of foods in her sermon, and it became a song, and it, it was like, was it beans, was it young people? Beans, greens, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it became like quite famous. So what we're going to do, right? We're going to do this. So if you could play the instrumental for me. It's not for me. All right. So your roles, right, is to do this. You just have to rhyme some of these foods in this beat. So I'll show you. All right. It's not for me. All right. Here we go. You guys going to clap for me, yeah? Clap, clap. Clap. Alright, you ready? Here it goes. Alright. Anchovies, bacon, chips, chicken, corn, grave, granules, baked beans, ham, noodle. Ready? Listen. Anchovies, bacon, cheese, chips, chicken, snacks, gravy, granules, baked beans, biscuits, burgers. Oh, come on. Come on. Is that, is that all I get? Alright, so for a bit of fun, who's up first? Eno? Alright, so you do what I did. Yeah, take your time. You don't have to say all the words. Just see what you can think. And you can see a long line, so we can do. Alright, here you go. Biscuit, burger, cereal, bread and cereal, cakes, pizza, pasta, crisps, mozzarella. Woo! All right. All right, cool. DJ, play that again. I'm going to go for second round. Give up for Eno. All these people, bacon beans, cooked sausage, beef, biscuit, burgers, filled with potatoes, breakfast, cereal, pasta, salt, bread. All right, give hand for Seth. Yeah, do 
give a round of applause, show him some love. Yeah. Ham, noodles, olives, pickles. Ham, noodles, olives, pickles. Ham, noodles, olives, pickles. Ham, noodles, olives, pickles. Hey! Give them a round of applause. There you go. Ham, noodles, olives, pickles. Ham, noodles, olives, pickles. Ham, noodles, olives, pickles. Alright. Everyone want to do it together? Ham, noodles, olives, pickles. <laughs> Give yourself a round of applause. <laughs> well, anyway, as you can see, my point is this, is that salt is very significant. It's in our foods, it's in everything. But then I really wanted to kind of connect it with the story of Paul. Now let's go into our next slide. The title says, yet small, but has great significance and change. So I'm just going to paraphrase the story. See, Paul, right, was, he was a Jew. And Paul had basically an, an arrest warrant to arrest all these Christians. Now, basically, I'm paraphrasing that Paul despised these Christians. He was like, literally, like a terrorist. He didn't like Christians, so he wants to persecute them bring them to justice, take them back to Jerusalem so they can be dealt with. That was just Paul's mission. So, as we know on the story, Paul encountered Jesus on the Damascus Road. Now, that was something that was very powerful, but it's something that I don't really want to really focus on. To our next slide, please. See, as you heard um, in the Bible... God told um, a man called Ananias. Now, for me, this is one of my favorite, favorite stories. Because Ananias reminds me of an extra. An extra is someone that's played in a movie, just like this picture here. You don't really see them. But his part was so significant and so powerful that a lot of people don't really know. Because Ananias played that part when, when God spoke to him, right, God told him to do something which was unsearchable. Just by God, because sometimes God gives unsearchable things, but it was unsearchable, it wasn't unheard of. To think to go and pray basically for a terrorist. So God, you're asking me to go to this, this guy called Paul, who's persecuted a lot of Christians, who basically my life could even be in jeopardy. You want me to go and do that? And yet, as a follower of God, he said, yes. I'll go and do that. And he prayed for Paul. And as he prayed for Saul, sorry, his name was Saul, which converted to Paul. And what was so powerful from this point was that Ananias prayed for him. And going on in the scripture, Ananias was literally never mentioned again. Now, people will say, yeah, but there are, there, there are a few Ananiases and Ananiases and all these other people. But Ananias played this role, this five-minute cameo role that was so powerful, that was so important, that it actually impacted the life of Saul, who became Paul. Paul became such a powerful man. He became an apostle because of a man that was so significant, yet small, but was very significant, prayed the prayer that brought a legacy, even now, has an impact now on our generation. So, he carried power. He carried a purpose. And this is what Ananias 
very small, but very significant, just like that salt. Ananias was that salt in that situation. Just like we taste our food and we taste the great flavors and we taste all these wonderful things. But in the center of it, that why was his salt. The why was that salt that carries something. Ananias carries something that God told him to do and he did it. And a lot of people could pass by the scripture and not even think of it. But it was powerful. Just like for me, every single time that I, I come into this church and I see all these kind of like these milestones and these things that carry that carries a message. These are people that have that have prayed, prayed prayers, but do they know that these prayers that they've prayed has had such a legacy, such an influence that our church is still standing today? A guy called um, I forgot his name, Edwards, eighteen twenty six. He he built it eighteen twenty six. That's his name. Sorry, Edwards eighteen, Francis Edwards. He bought the church in 1826. If he was here today, would he have seen this church and think, wow, this is incredible. For me as a, a young man, I'm still amazed that every Tuesday when we have uh, our youth club, I come here and I see Len and I see um, some of the elders that are praying, 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 praying. And I see, do you know what, sometimes there's something, there's something very small and significant about that. That pushes me to a level of before, when we're messing about as young people, there are people that are praying for us that we don't even see. And it's so powerful. So my encouragement is the same to every single person today that within this room, that prayer is something that's just not a repetitive thing that we do. It's knowing your why. Your why is that you are the light. You are the salt of the earth, which means you carry influence. Children, you carry influence. A salt, salt is so small, it has a great significance, just like your prayers. Prayers have great power. And that is something that God has given us. So just in, just in closing, there are so many, so many things that I've kind of put together in my last slide. What does your why carry? I'm realizing that my why, it carries hope, it carries healing, it carries change, it carries power, it carries transformation. Sometimes we look at prayer and we think of all the big things, of all the the things that we want to see changed. But just know that your prayers, yet small, are going to change the world. We know that if we was to look at a, I don't know, I would say, just this block behind us, this block of houses behind us. You know that if we were going to pray right now and say, Lord, I pray that someone in this block behind us will give their lives to Christ. I believe it will happen. I believe it will happen. But sometimes our mind is that we have to see the fruit for, it to, for us to believe. But sometimes it's not about seeing the fruit. It's just believing and, and by faith that your prayers will come to pass. Your prayers will have power. Because I believe that I know that in God, that if I pray that prayer, that those people, I may not be connected with them, but one day they will come to Christ. And maybe a scenario will be, do you know what? Just one day I felt like coming to church. I don't know what it was. Because maybe that was the prayer that you prayed. And this is the point that we're trying to make today, is that your, your prayer carries influence, it carries power.
So in closing, if you can all bow your heads. I really want to speak to the person today who felt powerless, who feels when they, when they speak to God or when they hear from God, they don't feel that connection. But what I'm praying today for you is that you will know by the scriptures that have been said today and by the story that has been told today that sometimes we have to change our minds of how we see things. The analogy I used today of the soul, I pray that our prayers will be like that. Our prayers will be powerful. That our prayers will be transformed. For you kids, you will know what you carry. For you teenagers, you will know what you carry when you speak to God. I pray for those ones who felt hurt when they have prayed or things have not happened. God knows. And he's there by your side. He wants you to know that he hears you. He wants you to know that he cares. And he wants you to know, most of all, that your voice counts. Your voice counts. He hears your voice. He knows your voice. He wants you to know today that he loves you. He wants you to know that you are his prized possession. So I pray and I challenge you all that when you speak to God, when you pray, know that you pray with power because Christ lives in you. You are his And he has placed a mission in your lives to change this world. Don't just think of people as as, as pastors and leaders to think that we carry the power, we carry everything. God has put something in all of us. So I say this again. It might be small, but it's significant. It's going to change the world. It's going to change somebody's life. Just the opening of a a door or just saying to someone, Jesus loves you. It's going to change. It's going to cause transformation. And just know that you, you are the salt of the earth. You have authority. You have power. You are not alone. So Father, I just thank you. I thank you that you've given us a voice and I thank you that you've given us power to change. And I even pray for things that might have, things that may not come to pass and things that have come to pass. Father, you know everything. But I pray, Heavenly Father, from this point going forward that father that we will see prayer as something that is going to change our community that's going to change our church 
and from the youngest Lord to the eldest, I pray that there will be a passion, a desire to know why we pray. We know how to do it and we know what it is. But I pray that the reason why we pray, because prayer carries significance and it carries change. And I pray that St. John's Hoxton will be the change in our community, the change in our world, the change in our, in our kids' life, in our, in our teenagers' lives, the change in every single obstacle that tries to come against the plan of Jesus. So, Father, I just release confidence right now in the atmosphere. I release boldness right now in the atmosphere. I come against every spirit, Father, that tries to tell your children that they're not good enough, that they're not, they're not worthy enough, that they are far from you. But, Father, I pray that they will know that you love them so much. And just like the prodigal son, Father, you run to us all the time to protect us, to keep us safe. So I pray that someone here will know your love and they'll be transformed by your love. In Jesus' name, amen.